Multiple streams of income are the local business owner's new protection against inflation. If you enjoy sharing health insights... I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders. I can tell you there's a, there's a pattern here if you haven't seen it. In our last several episodes, we've talked about how important it is to have a clear vision for your business. And not just a, not just a vision as a random token of, well, we've done that part, but a vision that starts with the foundation in mind, but it looks to the penthouse first and says, well, just how high up there are we going to build it? And then once you've got that vision and you know that you can execute and operate within that vision and it really does drive that, well, then you got to have a process that people can say, oh, yeah, I get it. This is how we're getting to the vision. If you knew you didn't have an elevator, how would you get to the penthouse of a building? One step at a time. But that starts with getting to the staircase. You've got to find the staircase. And then you probably need to know how many floors there are and how many steps there are between each one and how many steps you need to take in a minute, a day, or a week to get to the penthouse. And all of that is part of the process that you're going to model, you're going to mimic, you're going to master, and then you can multiply your business again and again and again because you have people who understand the vision, they understand the process, and they know how to do it. Now, I'm going to tell you the this episode of Leading Leaders, we're going to talk about probably the most challenging struggle for most leaders. And it's ironic because you would never think this is true when you see a leader. But the power, the ability to surge forward, to execute against these strategic objectives, when, when you know that you've got a process and that process is going to require something of you that maybe you've never done before. There's a lot of risk in that. And early on, leaders, well, they, they tend to back away from that, even good leaders, because they're risk averse, number one. And number two, because they know that when you have a process that appears to be delivering the results, you have a model and other people are going to mimic that model. And they're going to attempt to master that model. And then two fears come into the mind of a leader instantly. One of those fears is they're going to mimic my model. And then they're going to do it better than me. And so the fear is that, like the old adage says, the, the CEO and the CFO arguing about the new employees. They said, well, what if we train them all to do the job as, well, as good as us? And they take what we've trained them with and they leave. And the reply from the other leader is, well, what if we don't train them and they stay? See, it's a double-edged sword when you model a process that's very effective. People are going to mimic it. And some of them are going to have the wherewithal, the, the chutzpah, the gumption, the grit to take what you've modeled. And just like Wendy's and every other hamburger place in the world has looked at McDonald's as an example and said, love the model. We're going to mimic it. We're going to master it, and we're going to do it a little bit different than you, and we're not going to put the money in your pocket for doing it. We're going to build our own thing. That's a fear of every leader. Here's the other fear. The other fear that you have modeled something worth mimicking is that you're not as good as you thought you were. That eventually it will end in disaster, because we've all seen it. Maybe you haven't read the book by Jim Collins, Good to Great. 
But in the book by Jim Collins, Good to Great, he outlined some of the most successful businesses. He talks about exactly what they did with staffing, with personnel, with processes. He tells the whole thing about how to do business well. The irony is the majority of the businesses outlined in that book at the time that it was written as the pinnacle businesses to model are now all out of business. That's the second fear of the leader is that I will build something great and I will model something phenomenal and people will mimic that and they'll begin to master that and still I will have done something wrong and it will all collapse and come back on me. And I fear being responsible for the outcome of someone else's failure because they modeled what I did and it was bad. But I think the real fear for many leaders is neither of those two things. The real, real fear for many leaders is that they look in the mirror and they struggle with the imposter syndrome. And really what they fear more than someone else stealing their idea and doing it better or someone who's a part of their organization and fails because they modeled something that eventually ran out of steam. I think what many leaders fail or fear, because I feared this myself for a long time, is success. They fear success. It's not as much a fear of failure as a fear of becoming somebody that I never thought I could be. I grew up on food stamps and potato soup. I grew up with a mindset that the rich get rich and the poor go broke and it's the richest fault. Who wants to be rich? I grew up thinking that those big business owners always took advantage of their employees and they never gave them a good shot. I grew up believing a whole lot of things about leaders that really weren't true. They were declarations of people who had not modeled, mimicked, and mastered great successes. And as a result, they found failure in their own life and blamed it on everybody else. They made excuses rather than making advances. The challenge for many leaders, if you want to find that power, that ability to execute on these strategic objectives, oh, you've got to set those strategic objectives first, that process, that model. You've got to be able to look forward far enough in the vision of what your organization will be and ask yourself, what hard thing will I have to do to pull that off? And then you've got to get the grit to get busy doing it. Multiple streams of income are the local business owner's new protection against inflation. If you enjoy sharing health insights and helping others live their healthiest lifestyle possible, you can create wealth for yourself and your family by doing what you love to do every day. Call 469-939-8933. Discover how to incorporate additional financial revenue into your love of health and wellness and the work you're already doing, using your time wisely and leveraging networks you already work with. Ready to learn more? Join the Wellness Institute's Corolla Bratis, subject of the book, Look Beyond Tomorrow, to help even more people realize their potential and achieve their health goals. Build a side business with products sourced in North America and protect your bottom line. Call 469-939-8933 today. That's 469-939-8933. Call now.
The OBBM Network is the premier voice for local business, and we take that responsibility seriously. The OBBM Network has everything you need to grow and transition your business for success on popular syndicated podcast networks, Roku and other video channels, and the OBBM Network app. We work for you, local business, and we've got your back. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. Now, if you haven't already guessed it, the secret antidote against that fear, the fear of failure, the fear of being duplicated and then outdone by somebody that you trained, and the fear of success, they all have one antidote. You ready? Confidence. Confidence. Now, confidence is not easy, but confidence is really kind of a pinnacle, in my experience, of two things. I haven't looked up the definition of confidence recently, but I can tell you what it feels like to me. Confidence feels like I have both the courage to act and the competence to do it well. I'm ready to charge into this because I know it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a fight. But in that fight, I have the ability, because I've taken the time, I've done the due diligence, I've disciplined myself, and I can perform at the level necessary. Now, I can only know that if I understand the assignment. There's been a whole series of various social media memes around the idea of you didn't understand the assignment or you did understand the assignment. And sometimes it's a little vague as to what exactly the assignment is. If you've ever worked in an organization, whether you're leading it or you're serving it, those should be the same thing, by the way. Leading and serving, they are the same thing. But wherever you are in the hierarchy, wherever you are in the org chart, you've been in an organization where the objectives were ambiguous. In fact, it would seem in some places like nobody really knows what you're supposed to be doing until you get to your evaluation at the end of the quarter or the end of the year, and then you think, how could I have possibly missed it by that much? And the truth is, nobody ever told you. I remember taking a job at a company And the first week that I was on the job, they told me, well, we want you to go ahead and get busy doing your sales thing, uh, but we can't send you through our official sales training because we only do that once a month and you're starting two days after the last training. So it's going to be a full month before you can actually go to training. So you want me to sell, but I don't get to go to training. Interesting. Okay, let's do it. So they gave me the scripts and I watched a couple of people and I sat in on their calls and and I began to sell. And about two weeks into the process, I went to the sales manager and I said, just curious, where is everybody? I mean, I don't know how I'm doing. Am I am I doing okay? Am I doing horrible? Am I doing am I way ahead of target? What, what, What am I doing? And the answer was, well, what all the other sales reps are doing is none of your business. Okay, that's fair. Is there a goal? Is there a dollar figure? I mean, I know that you told me in my offer letter that if I achieved 100% of my sales goal, that my income would be 85,000 a year. I'm good with that. But my real question is, 
what's my goal and, and where am I to target? Am I even close? I mean, I'm, I'm halfway through the pay period. What happens next? Well, that was a Friday afternoon. That conversation didn't end well. And on Monday when I walked in, there was an entire wall filled with whiteboard. And down the left side of that whiteboard was the name of every sales rep in the organization. And in the first column next to that was their stated sales goal for the month. And in the columns that followed that was a daily reporting, a place where somebody could write in there, on Monday, I had X number of sales. On Tuesday, I had X number of sales. And at the far end of the board was the total, but to the left of the name was the percent to goal. There were two of us above 50%, myself and the company superstar. It was a little flabbergasting that on 14 days into the pay period, the new guy who hasn't even been to training was already at 50% to an unstated goal. That was really scary, to be honest with you. But the first 30 days after training, I was 300% to goal. And I got my commission check. And I did some really basic math. And I said, if I'm 300% to goal, then I should be able to take this number, multiply it by 12 months, divide it by three, and come to 85000 not so much. Their math and my math apparently were from a different planet because their math said that if I even achieved the same 300% every month till the end of the year, I still wouldn't make over 50 grand. I was not a happy sales rep. After all the negotiation was over, I got a nice sales bonus, a signing bonus that was pretty significant, but still nowhere close. And that caused a rewriting of the entire sales plan for the entire division that I was in. Now, it's one thing to say that I have the courage to get out there and start making the sales even before I've been trained by this organization to do sales their way. It's a nice thing to know that I have the competence to get on the phone to make those calls, but the confidence to be able to operate, to have the power and the ability to operate against stated objectives requires first not competence, not courage, stated goals for heaven's sake. You've got to know what your target is. Why do you think we spent so much time early on in this series talking about creating a vision that other people can see so that you've got buy-in so your team can look at it and go, I think I can do that. If you have not started in your organization by building a vision that others can see, so much that they would recognize it driving down the highway, then you have not created anything near stated objectives that they can follow. Every strategic objective should be clear and stated. Remember we talked about the process. It's got to be defined and clearly articulated. Otherwise, you can't model it, mimic it, master it, or multiply it. How in the world do you expect leaders of business, leaders in sales, leaders in customer service, to reach objectives you haven't stated. As a leader, that's on you. Hi, welcome to Heroes in Action. I'm Ray Amanat, founder and creator of this training system. 
I originally made it so that everyone can train for free. We have programs for kids, for women, families, and businesses. I'm an author, speaker, and educator on everything that has to do with violence and bullying prevention education. If you'd like more information about who we are and what our programs are, please go to our website at heroesinaction.us or give me a call if you have any questions at 727-314-2534. We hope to see you here to train. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time, and I really highly recommend it if you're looking to grow your ministry, grow your business, uh, grow your career. Uh, Lauren will serve you well. Thank you. Now I want to be really clear about something. There are a lot of leaders who have confidence, bravado, arrogance. Some of those leaders have the confidence that they can do something when there's no evidence that they can. We might call some of them narcissists. They're thoroughly convinced they're the best of the best of the best of the best, and they can prove it. Sir, I hearken back to that opening scene of Men in Black when they're trying to write on the egg with a broken pencil. Not a good thing. But that level of confidence that says, I can do this even though I've never tried. I can do this even though nobody has ever proven it to me. I can do this even without stated objectives and stated goals. That kind of bravado leads to risk-taking that is unjustified and often cataclysmic for an organization and an individual. We've seen leaders like that. We probably served under leaders like that. And if you are a leader like that, stop it. Take the time to get really clear, really clear on what the vision is. Take time to get really clear on what the organizational needs are. Identify the process so that you can model it, mimic it, master it, and multiply it. Dig into those really challenging things that cause fear in you. Now, your fear may look entirely different than my fear. It may not be any of the fears that I've already outlined. It might be a fear of being exposed, that imposter syndrome. It might be the fear that somebody's going to steal your idea and make more money with it than you would be a, become a better success. It might be the fear that you're leading people down a bad path and you're going to eventually make a mistake that's going to come apart and come unraveled and destroy people's lives. And all of those are legitimate fears, but you may have a fear I haven't articulated here. You're still going to need courage to overcome that fear. And you're going to have to marry that courage together, which is a personal, intimate, internal thing. There are people who can embolden you by helping you to become more aware of the truths about yourself and deny the lies that you've believed, like my fear that rich people are the ones that make everybody else broke. But emboldening someone 
brings boldness to you, but courage is still work you have to do on your own. And if you lack courage, leadership is probably not the place for you. If you have an abundance of courage, let's just make sure it's not the reckless kind of courage that says, I'm going to charge hell with the water pistol because I don't care. There's a real difference between risk-taking that makes good sense and carelessness. Now, on the other side of that, you've got courage and you've got competence in order to be confident. Competence, 99 times out of 100, is about a skill set that you can learn. Tricks of the trade, better understanding, maximize your education, grow yourself up, enhance your awareness. And if that doesn't come with on-the-job training, then it comes with external education, which you're going to have to pursue on your own. And I'm going to be honest with you and tell you, some of the most profound learning that I've had in my life didn't come in a classroom, didn't come in on-the-job training. It came in a coaching session where I was working with somebody and asking them questions that I thought I knew the answer to and hearing an answer I'd never pondered before. I've been in leadership almost 20 years since I got out of the military. Various roles of retail leadership and management, business management, and coaching. And there are still days that I wander across somebody, something old that John Maxwell has written or Dale Carnegie has written or Bruce Lipton has written, something like a Brandon Dawson comment, you've got to have the four M's. And it makes me stop and think, how have I applied that in my life or have I not? Is that a new understanding to me and what do I do with it? That is competence. That level of awareness that says constantly, how could I be better, do better, and serve better? And when you can put that kind of competence together with the courage to act, even in the most frightening moments, you will find the confidence that gives you the power and the ability to move forward on those stated objectives. As a leader, remember, you've got to state those objectives clearly. And also understand that emboldening others, building courage in them, letting them risk without destroying them in failure. That's your job as a leader. Helping them to increase their competence through awareness and education and ongoing opportunities. That's your job as a leader. The power and the ability for your team to move forward against stated objectives comes from the confidence that you have the power to instill in them. Take the time as a leader to do that for them. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders TV for OBBM Network Television. Have a blessed day. What is the role of American government anyway? Is the role of government to decide where I can go and where I can't? Is the role of government to work tirelessly to destroy vital infrastructure that keeps goods and services from my customers? Is the role of government to choose who can drive, fly, or ride according to mandated stipulations that threaten my body, health, mind, and conscience? Without medical freedom legislation in place, our rights and freedoms are one vote away from being dissolved. Individually, change is improbable, but as an aggregate, attainable. It's time to act with one voice. My voice. And my voice. And my voice and my voice to protect our freedom creating one voice that cannot be ignored this requires your voice too your voice your feet your vote not just at the ballot box but training to be a poll watcher precinct chair judge or early ballot counter so you are doing all you can to protect the fairly counted american vote 
Move Freely America. Go to movefreelyamerica.org to find a chapter near you. Plug in, donate, and help our legislators defend our God-given rights under the Constitution. Move Freely America, because my voice and my voice, together with your voice, we're one voice that cannot be ignored. Donate today. Movefreelyamerica.org. The OBBM Network is the premier voice for local business, and we take that responsibility seriously. The OBBM Network has everything you need to grow and transition your business for success on popular syndicated podcast networks, Roku and other video channels, and the OBBM Network app. We work for you, local business, and we've got your back. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.